What's up, Internet? What's good? How's it going? Well, I hope. <laughs> it's another episode of Magical Boys. That's it's right. me, Ruben Medina, one of your lovely hosts, and you just heard the beautiful voice of DJ Kirkland. That's me. Hey, we're here. We're queer. And we're tired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tired is like... Some, do you ever really have those days where you feel more tired than queer? <laughs> yeah, um, there's some days where I'm like, I'm just too tired to be queer right yeah, now. I'm very queer, but I'm more tired than queer. Uh, guys, <laughs> in case that wasn't clear enough, we're a queer gaming podcast uh, about nerd shit. So anime, video games, etc. Um, anything in pop culture. Uh, and thank you if this is your first time tuning in. Thank you so much if this is your... Uh, uh, if you're still with us, wow, thank you for the commitment seriously <laughs> you've dealt with a lot of our bullshit and we really appreciate it um and i guess for new people it's gonna get weird uh so dj like we yes. always uh, start out with what you playing um i'm gonna get the the expected one out of the way um smash ultimate always playing that been playing that we'll keep playing that can't stop won't stop yeah can't stop won't stop playing that shit forever um and today one day ahead of its actual release, uh, Dr. Mario World just came out for iOS, soon to come out on Android, and it's basically a match three, but it's Dr. Mario. Yeah, I need to check it out. There were some early reviews about it that were like, it's good because it's Dr. Mario, but it's also like all of the bad shit about mobile games as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But Yeah, it's like co-developed by Line and another company, like NH k or something like that mm. um but uh yeah it's very much like oh here's level one you're gonna do the easy puzzle then it gets you know more and more complicated as it goes on um i'm gonna do my best not to spend any money on this because it's gonna be a problem if i do don't so do it it's, it's i'm not gonna, i'm not going to i'm not going to it's not good um but yeah it's cute it's fun i just want to get dr peach uh you can also play as dr bowser that's legit. who everybody wants to fuck already i haven't seen him yet Mm-hmm. Are you telling me Bowser? I mean, okay. He's, so here's the thing. I was say Bowser got Bowser got a job, yeah. but he he's a king. Yeah, and Princess Peach is a princess, but she still is a doctor for some reason. I, I'm saying this is a step back for both of these characters. <laughs> I mean, do they not have uh, universal healthcare in the Mushroom Kingdom? Yeah. What's I mean? Well, you can have doctors, I guess, but mm-hmm. but what what's wrong that they need all these doctors all of a sudden? That's what I want to know. What's happening in the Mushroom Kingdom where everyone needs to be doctors? It's true. Like Toad's a doctor. Yeah. Oh, and... Toad. To- no, no. Have yeah. you seen his hands? He can't operate. <laughs> it's like imagine trying to play Trauma Center, but it's like Toad's hands and that and big like, fucking to... head. There's yeah. no. <laughs> No, keep keep Toad away from. Do not operate. Though I guess Bowser would be bad for operating as well. He has those big old paws. Yeah, <laughs> he would just set everybody on fire. Peach is the only option. She truly is the only option, and she has like a cute little lab coat and a little pink skirt. It's yes, really cute. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to playing that. Yep, it's uh, free in the App Store if you have an iPhone or an iOS device of some kind. I just downloaded uh, it. Yeah, get that shit. Get wow, that shit. Wow, the future's just, here. Wait. We're in 2019. Yeah. It's, it's a it's, fucking hellscape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's horrible. But Dr. It's, Mario is on your phone, so it's made up for. <laughs> we still don't have flying cars. It's not the Jetsons. Everything is trash. Welcome to the future. Um, <laughs> but we can literally watch a ton of anime at our fingertips. Uh, and the other game that I'm playing is 
the new Samurai Showdown, it is very good. I've heard now, I've never played Samurai Showdown. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's not like it's not quite Bushido Blade, but it right. leans more towards Bushido Blade than like a normal fighting game. Yeah, um, the pace is very different than like a traditional fighting game. I guess a, tra- a traditional fighting game from this is from the same company that makes King of Fighters, so ah. it's very different than like a KOF game. Yeah. So it's much slower, and it's like when you're playing the game. Every move counts. Every time you miss a move, you can get punished extremely hard, like losing like a third of your life bar. Um, so it's like having like a fully clenched butthole the entire time while you're playing the game because it's so tense. Oh, great. It, yeah, it's My- great. So if you want to be stressed <laughs> out, I mean, we're already queer and tired, but also being queer, tired, and stressed. Honestly, this is that, your shit. That's, a f- <laughs> that's honestly a feeling. I'm not specifically talking about the clenched butthole, but okay. Yeah. Um, but that's actually a feeling I enjoy in video games to some yeah. degree. Mm-hmm. So like, like that's that feeling I get from like Bloodborne or like really right. hard Mario levels. So actually yeah. I could see the appeal of that. Oh, it's really, it's really cool. Cause like me and my friends were playing it over the weekend and it offers this level of tension because like the music is very like quiet and all the moves are very like deliberate. So it feels like a really articulate samurai fight which is the idea with the game being called Samurai Showdown. Um, but yeah, it's it's so different than what I normally play in terms of fighting games, where they're all really, really focused on like crazy long combo chains, uh, juggles, all these different layers and layers and layers of mechanics. Um, this game still does have several of its own mechanics, but it's like not... Like a Guilty Gear game, for instance, that has all the systems and subsystems and all this craziness. So I really enjoy the kind of slower pace experience that it offers. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to watch. So I'm excited to see it at Evo because that was one of the games that's going to be at Evo this year, Samurai Showdown. So I'm really curious to see what grand finals and high level Samurai Showdown looks like. Yeah, it seems like it'd be really cool. And like I said, it's it's there's I feel like there's not a lot out right now that is that that uh that speed right of fighting games, so it's cool to have something out there that does that. Mhm. And then other than that, that's all that I'm playing. What about you? Uh right now. Well, I'm not playing. I've been busy. So, I've been playing two things. Um both I started streaming the other week. Um come watch my streams. Um They're and good, you guys, they're real good. There, it's fun. We have a fun time. Um, and if you've already been watching, thank you. Uh, so I'm the one of the things I want to do in my stream is play through the entire SNES Classic catalog because I didn't have a SNES when I was a kid. I had a Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of games on there that I have never played or I've only played like a tiny bit, like at a friend's house, and I've never beaten it. And they're like major games. Like um, I've played maybe the first eight hours of Final Fantasy VI, and that's it. Wow. Um, I've maybe played the first like two hours of Chrono Trigger. Um, I've only played the first couple hours of Link to the Past. Uh, all these like really, really big games um, from franchises I like a lot. So uh, I asked... Uh, my Twitter feed, and they're like, play Link to the Past first. And I was like, cool. Uh, I was I was leaning towards Donkey Kong Country um, just because yeah. it's a game that's a little bit more active with more shit happening, uh, which I felt might be more interesting as the first thing on the stream. Mm-hmm. But so many people love Link to the Past, and I, I've had people that have been like, I just like to put it on because it's almost like uh, calming. So I've been playing Link to the Past, and obviously that game's good as shit. I mean... Nintendo games age incredibly well yes. because they have good art direction and they have really solid mechanics. Um, 
and Link, Link to the Past is that for sure. Um, I I started it on a file that I had like I had just started uh, mm-hmm. previous to the stream, like but this is like months ago, yeah. and I forgot that I named uh, I named Link Daddy with like an ellipses after. <laughs> so every time anyone talks to Link, it's like Daddy, and it's like a really like pregnant pregnant pop- pause pregnant <laughs> pause. So everything just feels loaded as hell. Um, <laughs> and then I've played some Super Mario Maker too. Um, which is, uh, it's fine. Like, it's good. It's, I played the first one a bit. And what's nice about this one is that they have made, Nintendo has made a lot of uh, built-in levels. Like, there's mm-hmm. a story mo- mode, sort of, where basically, uh, uh, I think it's Peach's Castle, um, has been demolished. And so you have to get money to hire contractors to build her a new one. That's why she's a doctor. She needs that extra money to rebuild the castle. <laughs> she has to hustle and she's make that good hustle. money. You don't make that much money as a leader. Um, and so uh, you do levels, like all the coins you get in a level uh, add to it as well as like each level, depending on the difficulty you get paid for. Um, so there's actually quite a lot of just like Mario level content in there, which is really cool. Cause I really enjoy Mario games. Um, and then also there's obviously the community. Um, so what I've been doing is I find that I really, really, really enjoy playing ultra hard levels, um, yeah. levels that like take me an hour to figure out how to beat or to beat in general. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that I'm less into levels where it's like, you have to figure out how to beat it, where it's like mm-hmm. not just a straight platforming thing versus levels that are just like, Oh, okay. This just is going to require me to be really on my shit. Um, so that's it's always like cool to be the level and be like, oh, there's like less than half a percent of people who have completed this level. Hell yeah. Um, as well as a, a Grand Pooh Bear, who is a really uh, one of the bigger names in uh, Kaizo Mario yeah. levels, yep. which Kaizo is a sort of genre of platformer, specifically Mario platformer stuff as well. That's like uh, hyper, hyper difficult um, and punishing and cruel often. Uh, he's created actually a couple levels that are made to be instructional. So his first level is all about shell jumping tech and it's all these little areas. And he has a, he always has a YouTube video that goes with it that you can watch that. Like he walks you, he talks you through like what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff like learning how to do a, a drop jump off of a shell or learning how to do a, a double shell jump, which is like really all that stuff is so much more difficult than I thought it would be, yeah. but really rewarding to, understand and get um uh he just released a level that was all like um item manipulation so being able to take like a hold a springboard drop it mid jump and spring off of it midair um (laughs) yeah it's like it's really hard because all these things require like you just have to start feeling like how it feels almost in your controller for it Because it's such a small, small window, like a very small amount of frames where you can actually make these things connect and work. Mm-hmm. Or um, a really easy one is jumping off POW blocks, um, like holding a POW block, dropping it mid-jump, and then jumping off the POW block mid-jump is not that hard. For some reason, it's like way easy uh, uh, compared to most of these things. Or, um, God, what was one? The one I was doing, uh, so there's an item in the new Mario Maker called, it's the dry bone shell. Mm-hmm. And the dry bone shell acts like the Kuribo boot, like the little little boot yeah. you can hop in in Mario 3. Huh. Um, exact same thing, basically. So it's a tech where you get on a Yoshi, you have a Yoshi swallow a dry bone shell, and you uh, dismount the Yoshi 
while having him spit out the shell at the exact same time. It's a exact same frame. So that what, what? what happens oh is that you run, jump with Yoshi, dismount Yoshi. When you dismount Yoshi, it just looks like you're suddenly in the dry bone shell. You don't mm-hmm. even see it. And then you can jump out of the dry bone shell as like another jump. So it's just tech to like it, all this stuff for like is movement tech. Yeah. Um, and that's just been really, really fun to like figure out. Um, I'm still bad at it. Like I've gotten good enough that I can like beat these like levels to mm-hmm. teach you how to do it. But it, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this thing. 40 times until I make it work. Right. Um, but it's just, it's very rewarding and fun. So I've enjoyed, I've been enjoying that aspect of it. Like watching GDQ made me get like, really like, I want to at least learn how to do this stuff so I can appreciate it more. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny that this feels a lot like learning, uh, like fighting game tech, like advanced yes. techniques in fighting games. And it becomes like the muscle memory is the, is the huge component of it. Once you find that muscle memory and get that rhythm and you're able to execute and like being able to see that progression mm-hmm. and like, Oh, like last week I wasn't able to do this, but I've gotten used to what these inputs feel like. And when I execute it correctly and then seeing it um, happen every time that you do it and you get better and better and better. It's just, it's really cool. It's really rewarding to see that happen in real time. It's really rad. And, and it's cool in Mario maker. Cause it's like these tutorial levels that, um, that grand Pooh bear built, um, I feel like I said his name earlier, but maybe I didn't. Um, but these levels that he built, uh, they're not long. Like, they're pretty short. But it's like, cool, this took me 45 minutes to beat the first time. And then a couple days later, you go back to it. And you're like, oh, cool, I beat that in, like, 30 minutes this time. Because I'm I'm pulling these things off much easier. Yeah. Uh, or having an easier time of it. And um, it's just nice, like, you. and again, like you said, it's that muscle memory. Like, yep. someone can tell you, I can watch them on YouTube doing it. But there has to be, like, you just have to keep doing it until you feel what it feels like. Right. And then it's, like, honing what that feels what like that until you is. pull it off every time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like I'm sure, like, in a fighting game, it's, like, knowing that you can always pull off, like, a neutral air, like, every time you need to do it, yeah. uh, like, in the right way. Or, like, you can always, like, do that comboing out of something else yeah. and it work right. Um you know, like I, I don't like I don't know what the equivalent is in like Smash right now, but I know like wave dashing being a, like was a thing previously, oh, and like yeah. knowing that you can always wave dash and not even fucking think about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Like all those things kind of like transcend different genres, and I think that's really cool to kind of see the kind of meta, I guess you could say for um, for um, Mario Maker Two is pretty cool. And it's like you'll never use that in most things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of levels that are, I'd say, the popular difficult levels are just, like, really difficult and they don't involve doing weird kind of Kaizo tech like that. Right. But there are creators that make levels that are like, hey, you can't beat this level unless you're doing, like, Kaizo bullshit. Kaizo and shit. double. Yeah. So it's you have to, like, not only understand that tech, because you'll mm-hmm. come across shit where you're just like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? And it's like, oh, you know that you can because you know that there's a weird thing that you can do in the game that you're not really supposed to be able to. <laughs> That's awesome. It's very fun. Yeah, I want to pick that up at some point. Um, I'm trying to be better about like just getting games that I want that I want like at the release at its release date just to have it versus mm-hmm. like, well, I actually have the time to play it. Like I've beaten all the other games that I've wanted to play, and now I can genuinely go to a new one Ugh. and just start that. <laughs> so I'm I've been to, so bad about that. I'm trying to be better about it. Like Brandon calls me out on it every time that I do it. So because <laughs> I was talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses because it comes out at the end of the month. He was like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna get it. You're gonna play it for ten minutes and not play it for six months. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeesh. 
Yikes. I'm like, I don't appreciate being called out like this. You're You're not not wrong. Necessarily wrong. (laughs) So it's like, I have to really be cognizant of what it is that I'm playing and when I'm going to play it and all that stuff. Because it's like, it's hard because you want to be part of the conversation when it's happening. You want to be part of the, of like the wave of when people are playing said games. So you're like, oh, you're talking about your strategies together and all that. But like, it's not worth that when you don't really get to play it and enjoy it because you've like stretched yourself too thin by all the other things that you have that are on your, uh, on your books. Absolutely. And so many things come out so frequently right now. Like there's a big title constantly. Um, It's just, I'm I'm really bad at it. So Mm -hmm. I'm like hypocritical, but um, like, yeah, just wait, just wait and play the stuff you have, get through it, enjoy Mm -hmm. it, take your time. And then you can probably pick up the next thing for like half the price or like 20 bucks off. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, like first party Nintendo games never go on sale. So I'm paying like 50 bucks for that game, even when I buy it six months from now. Mm -hmm. But um, I know for a fact that, um, just playing through one house in three houses, people are clocking in one playthrough at 80 hours. Get the fuck out of here. I don't have that kind of time to play through each of all three houses. I won't be playing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm probably going to hold off on a little bit. I do want to I do want to see some reviews. I do want to see what people are saying um, once the embargo is lifted and all that stuff so that reviews are actually coming out before I do make a decision on it. Because I do love a Fire Emblem game and I do love the new art direction of this game. I like the... I like that it's a female Otome game. I think she's an Otome. Uh, she's primarily done like Otome games before. In I the think past. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and if you don't know what Otome games are, they're like dating games. Um, mm-hmm. So it's cool to kind of see like the female gaze in a very like uh, action battle chess kind of a game series. So oh, yeah. kind of see like her idea of like of armor designs and all that stuff like with this new art direction because. Um, Yusuke Kozaki's designs were good, very good, but also very horny. Um, oh, so yeah. these these designs are good and horny, but in a different from like a different gaze, from like the female gaze. So I'm really excited about it. I love all the art of the characters that I've been seeing. Um, yeah, so I just want to know how the game actually stacks up because it seems like they're doing a lot of new things for a Fire Emblem game. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of wait on that. But um, but yeah, um, I kind of went off on a tangent there. But what are you watching right now? Uh, so I watched Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. All of it all? Um, season three? Yeah, I watched all season three. I like it better than season two. Um, it still has some issues, but I think it's I think it's fun. If you just like are going in for like a dumb, fun, kids, monsters, etc. I, yeah. I think it's fine. Um, I think we actually have a question from one of our listeners about it later, so we can talk about it more there. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally started watching Killing Eve, mm-hmm. which is so good. I've heard nothing but positive things. It's so, DJ, it's so good. You need to watch. It's like I'm. I've watched season one. I've watched like the first episode of season two because I don't have any uh, legitimate ways to watch season two right now because it's not on anything. I have mm-hmm. to like go buy the season or have like a cable package that has BBC America in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really, really good. I do. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of controversy around queer baiting in that show. Yeah. Which watching it, like I think I understand where people are coming are coming from. But, uh, and and just, this isn't spoilery because it's like what the show is about literally is it's a, um, uh, it is a cop in London in the UK. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's like really obsessed with serial killers and she's a really good detective. Um, and she starts tracking down this assassin who's like amazing. Uh, Villanelle is her name. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just about 
like how they keep crossing paths and this weird like obsession they have with each other. Um, and Villanelle is shown to be um, bisexual um, in the show explicitly. Um, uh, the detective, we never, like, I don't think we ever really, I think she, she might say something about not being into, to women at some mm-hmm. point in the show, but I'll, it's never like explicit from what I remember. Um, but their relationship is definitely like, there are a lot of scenes and things that happen as, like by the end of the first season that feel very, very queer between the two of them. Right. Um, but at the same time, like the moments when it feels that way, things happen that immediately are just like, oh yeah, that's right. This detective absolutely hates Villanelle. Like she hates her so much. So I don't, I understand, I think some of the queer baiting arguments about it, but at the same time, like Villanelle is such a, such a terrible person. And this detective hates her so much for very, very good reasons that Mm -hmm. you will discover when you watch season one that I'm like, I can't imagine that they would ever like be in love legitimately or have sex or anything because like, it's it's such an antagonistic shitty relationship um so you might feel differently about that that's totally fine because uh, a lot of people feel different ways about it and i think yeah. the way that is, some interviews talked about it with some of the uh with one of the actresses the responses are maybe not the best or felt a little bit tone deaf mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh, all the the controversy about that aside though it's so good it's 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 really well edited it's the music is fantastic um writing's really good i I love it um then i'm watching a lot of anime uh Mm -hmm. because the new season started yep so uh dr stone i watched the first episode of which is like it was fine yeah it was fine it was fine it was like it's obviously like i think the premise is interesting from a weird edutainment thing where it's like all right we gotta like basically reinvent all of society's science and technology starting from ground zero, basically Mm -hmm. Um, because everyone is stone except for us and figure out how to like unstone people. Um, But I just don't like, it's an interesting premise, but nothing about it. Like made me go, Oh man, I'm super hooked or like I'm super in. It was just okay. Yeah. Um, I've heard that it takes a little bit, at least from people that have read the manga for it to like really start getting good. Yeah. But, um, I'm I'm curious. Like the premise is really interesting. Like you said, I agree. But uh, yeah, as like a first episode, like I wasn't like I thought it was. I thought it was fine. But mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta tune in next week to watch Doctor Stone and see what happens. Um, I I will want to see what happens, but it just wasn't. I wasn't compelled in the same way that I was with Fire Force. Let's say. Yes, and that's okay. So yeah, Fire Force. I also watched the first episode of. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fire Force. Immediately going into it, have some thoughts because it's the creator from um, Soul Eater. Soul Eater, which I really enjoyed until like, and I enjoyed season one a lot. Season two was I didn't finish. I don't think it like felt yeah. kind of flat to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Soul Eater uh, mangaka is like real horny, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's a lot of. Uh, uh, I think specifically they're going to introduce a new character soon. That's like basically just there to be horny titty like jokes period. Mm-hmm. Supposedly she gets more interesting. That happens less as the show goes forward. Um, so I know like people have feelings about fire Force due to that, but that first episode, the world is really cool. So solid. It's the animations gorgeous. Um, the sound design is amazing, which uh, David Production is handling Fire Force, which is the JoJo studio, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize there was a huge, uh, a bunch of Shaft uh, 
artists left Shaft and are now with David Production, huh. um, which Shaft always did really, really good stuff as well. Um, and like the sound design being amazing, JoJo's had amazing sound design since like day one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really solid, and the world's really fun, and the story's really interesting. So it might be trashy, but it was like it was more like I was more into it than Doctor Stone. Yeah, like I like I felt like it felt a very um, it felt very like oh this is like a shonen anime where they introduce like the colorful cast of characters, and then we see the girl that has the titties, and like the main character's like oh there there there's the girl with with the titties. Yeah. Like so I hope there's less of that um because I when I think about this stuff I think of it in kind of like a Kinsey scale. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. on like the very far end of the Kinsey scale being like the worst of it all is um as of right now for me it's uh Seven Deadly Sins and then like something that's very light and in like something that's more light but that's still not okay but um, I don't know what that show is, but I know that I know that um, that uh, Fire Force does not fall into that that category where it's like really, really shitty, like it is in uh, in Seven Deadly Sins. Which, when the show doesn't do that shit, it's fun. But yeah, every that's time why I haven't ever- watched it. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I can't get. It's, it's, I can't, it's hard. It's hard to get it's hard. because it happens like almost every episode. And there's but some I, stuff that like I've watched that's worse on that that I've been fine with. But like, yeah, everyone's different about it. Everyone yeah. has different, which is fine, and all that stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm from my what my understanding. The like pervy aspects of Fire Force get worse a little bit before they get better, and then mm-hmm. they do get better. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's also just it was just really slick. It's like just it was just really fun to watch. Yeah, it was really visually. Nice to look at. Um, I watched the first episode of Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season, which is uh, Mario Kata, who did uh, Iron Blooded Orphans, the Gundam uh, mm-hmm. series. Um, she did uh, Machia, which was a really, really popular anime movie recently. I'm trying to remember what else she's done. I think she worked on the Fujiko Mine series. Uh, mm-hmm. She wasn't the showrunner. Oh, uh, she Kisniver is all her, which I love. Oh, Kisniver. I know. Um, literally, you got my Kisniver mouse pad that I got in my loot box. Yeah, man, that show was really cool looking. Kisniver was really good. Um, Mario Kata is just like, her stuff is, I really like her writing and her directing is really good. And uh, this show is an adaptation of a manga she did. And it's the first manga she's done, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and it's literally it's about a literature club of all girls um, in high school, and it's basically like they're they were they're reading literature, but it's been like uh, very sexual in nature or very mm-hmm. explicit, and they're all kind of like tackling that it's awakening something in them, and so yeah. it's this really it's all of them I think exploring or trying to figure out like really just discovering what sex is, yeah, and then grappling with it like huh. feeling like sex is taking over your life or you it's all you can see anywhere mm-hmm. um and reacting to it that way or or being just like curious about it or wanting to have sex and i think because it's a, a female writer and it's like about a bunch of girls it where it could be really pervy easily mm-hmm. it's just really it seems really honest and feels really relatable if you're a, a woman um uh, and like as a as a dude as well, it, it seems it's relatable to me as well uh, from like the other side of it, um, and it's just it's just really really charming, yeah. um, and really well done. Uh, so like that's I think my favorite thing I've watched so far this season, and that's on I think High Dive on High Dive, I think so. It's on High Dive or Funimation, which if it's on, if it's on Funimation that sucks because like 
I was silly and paid for a year of Funimation because it was cheap. But I know a lot of people do not have the Funimation uh, streaming app like paid for. Yeah, if it's on, if it's on High Dive and if you have Crunchyroll, then if you just sign into Verve, you have access to it. Exactly. Yeah. So if it's on there, then you're good. But if it's on Funimation, mm-hmm. not great. And I watched Grand Belm, which is like, looks like it's like Magical Girl Mecca, but kind of grim darky. I can't tell yet. It just seems very like it was. It could go somewhere cool, but the first episode just seemed very much just like, hey, this is sort of, it's going to be depressing and sad and dark, right. and and all the mechs look like they're like they're really like SD Gundam style, where they're mm-hmm. really squashed mm-hmm. and really wide, um, and it was fine. And then Spider Man Far From Home, which was amazing, so good, so good, so good. I loved it. Um, really liked it a lot. Really liked it as uh, a lead into whatever Marvel's doing with their new stuff, and mm-hmm. just very fun, just very good. Yeah, I thought it was a really good time. Um, really evenly paced all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like there was like the the first or second or third act was like too long. Or I think it was, I think it was great the entire way through. If you haven't seen Far From Home yet, please watch it. Um, Tom Holland is so good. He's he's such a perfect Peter Parker. He's a perfect Peter He's so Parker. good. So he's good. so good. And MJ uh, Zendaya, Zendaya yeah. as MJ is like amazing. I think that there's this thing where you uh, people feel like they if you have like a strong female lead character, they have to be like this or they have to be they have to be like all these certain ways. And I find MJ very refreshing because she's just like she's she's really sardonic and she's really sarcastic and she can be almost Daria-esque but it doesn't mean that she's not like girly in some ways you right. know what I mean like she's she shows that she's like a multitude yeah. of things yeah. which I feel like when characters are written poorly especially when female characters are written poorly women characters women characters are written poorly um, that like they have to be these weird paragons mm-hmm. of just one thing where it's like oh no they reject femininity because they're strong um, and it's weird because like that sort of implies that like femininity is weak, which isn't true. Um, and like she's she's very very smart and she's very dry. So like yeah. frequently when you have that character, you don't really ever see them show emotion or show vulnerability. But she does as a character. I just really love the way that she's written and and the performance given for her. It's really cool. Yeah, I I really enjoyed what I watched of it. It was a f- really really fun ride. I want to see it again. I definitely mm-hmm. want to go see it again. And DJ, you're watching, uh, we watched a couple of the same things, but you're watching a couple of things. You finished Kakaguriri. I sure did. Um, oh, man. That That is a show that still continues to be very horny, and it's great. Um, the second season didn't quite wrap as well as the first season did. Um, I think, like, the first season didn't really wrap. It just kind of, like, cut at, like, a point that kind of made sense for, like, oh, this this kind of part, this, this arc is over, and we're going to introduce another one. Mm-hmm. Um, the the arc that the second season kind of has, um, the villain is an anime only character. This character was not in the manga, so huh. um, I think that's part of the reason why it didn't feel as resolved to me. But um, I really enjoyed it. I think all of the different challenges that they do in like in a couple of the episodes were really interesting. Um, I love how queer it is. Um, uh, I do think like. It's definitely still very male gazy in terms of like, it's like some of the shots of oh, some yeah. of the girls, but like it's very horny that yeah, way. I yeah, I mean it's it's very horny, but I do I do appreciate that the women are very just like into each other. I think it's very clear that they're all like attracted to each other in some in some sort of way, mm. um, a little bit. But um, yeah, I really like that show a lot. 
this first season I think was better. Um, I do think that the live action is a better interpretation of the it's anime. So the live it's action so good and it's so good. messy. I haven't uh, watched the second season of the live action yet, but it is out. So I'm definitely going to be watching that very soon. Um, let's see what else have I been watching. If like the anime is too horny for you, watch the live action show. Yeah, because it's like not that horny. Yeah, it's like a little bit horny, but not like anime horny. But not like I think it's a little bit. Because like the anime has is like bordering on lines of like ahegao faces a, a lot of the time. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, every so, time it's like, oh, I just won this. I'm gambling and like and yeah, I'm, I'm and I just, horny like, from I, it. I just won this gamble and I just came. And yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the TV series isn't that it's just kind of like i'm crazy and on or whatever kind of like that but it's but it's really well acted in a way that it doesn't take itself too seriously so that's why i really like the live action i think the most and yumiko is a stunt queen she's the best yeah yeah yumiko is a scammer i love her but mary's um, my favorite because mary's the most petty <laughs> yeah she mari is the most petty mari is the most petty for sure um but let's see, what else am I watching? Other than that, um, I'm still watching uh, Run With The Wind, which is uh, a co- cross-country track sports anime. Um, it's, about, it's about a bunch of good boys in college that are on a track team together, and them all, you know, trying to do their best. And it's it's pretty good. It's very dramatic. It's really well drawn, mostly. Um, I forgot what, the, what studio is doing that show, but it looks... It looks really good, like, all the time, which is nice. Um, if you want to see some really solid running animations, that's the show to watch. I mean, if you're going to do anything for a running anime, you're going to spend the budget on making those run cycles look real good. It's production IG, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's why it looks as good as it does. Yeah, um, for sure. And I've heard it's amazing. I've heard it's, like, really good. I just have not watched it. It's cute. It's really cute. Um, mm-hmm. All those boys are good. There's a bunch of really, really good boys. And then um, I'm watching Demon Slayer, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Which so is, good. It's so good. It's, it hasn't stopped being good. It hasn't stopped being well animated. It's probably my favorite show. Is this is Demon Slayer technically a summer season anime or is it spring? I mean, it started in spring, but it's still happening in summer. Yeah. Like, it's continuing. Um, yeah. I'm not caught up yet, but I it's really... I like it a lot. It's probably one of the best shows that I've watched this season, so I'm a really big fan of that um, but something that I am watching that's not anime, but that is also not on this list, but it's very queer. Um, so MTV has this show, it's called Are You the One? And mm-hmm. basically what it is, it's like they put 16 singles in a house to get, and where they uh, have all been matched, but they do not know who their match is. And they have to kind of experience each other in this island together and find out who their perfect match is. And at the end of every episode... Um, they have this like lighting ceremony to see like if they if they have found any perfect matches while they've been there, even though they have not yet to be identified. And if they do, they and if they keep if they keep doing it until the very end of the show, they walk away with the million dollars or like a, it's like a couple million or something like that. But every time or every week that they don't have pairings that are a perfect match, they lose a quarter of that money every every time. So, um, basically what it is this time around, it's that show, but everyone is queer. Like, Mm -hmm. of all gender expressions, all gender identities, um, all, like, polyamorous, pansexual, like, all that stuff. Like, people are super, are, some people are hyper-femme, some people are, are, like, are, like, really masculine, some people are, are, like, non-binary, some people are trans, which is awesome. 
Um, and everyone is so hot. So <laughs> it's amazing to kind of see this show that's been on MTV for a while, for a couple of seasons, but then to then kind of like flip the script, but then make it all about queer people. So we're like, anybody is an opportunity. Anybody is or could potentially be their perfect match. And it's what's really cool about it is that they... When you think of like of like a reality television show, you think of it's going to be really messy, which it is. But what I think is really great about Are You the One with this one, uh, which is called Are You the One, Come One, Come All, um, you there are lots of really great conversations talking about ge- talking about uh, gender expression, talking about polyamory, talking about um, being pansexual. And talking about being trans and all and all of that stuff because like one of the characters, the characters, one of the one of the contestants is trans and was um is a female to male trans and is so hot. He he is so <laughs> fucking hot. Like it it's looks like an anime character. He's amazing. Um, but it's been great because they've been talking. They've been openly talking about his transition and with respect to it's not like made into a joke it's not like done in this like exploitive way like the he's kind of talking through his transition and talking through like taking taking like hormones and all that stuff like what was really cool was like there was a moment in the in one of the episodes where um um he's connecting with a girl with like a with like a cis girl and they're like you know, they're they beginning to know each other and everything like that. And he's like, do you want to help me do my injections? Like, do you want to help me? Or do you just want to, like, sit with me while I do it? Like, I don't want to do this alone. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool to kind of, like, for him to share that moment with her about, like, this is part of my, this is part of who I am, this is part of my transition, and this and that. Like, it's it's been really, really cool to watch. And as much as I love our, like, prestige, like, queer shows that are, like, perfect and spotless and whatever i want i still want like messy reality television shows but centered around queer folks as well as the as they always do with straight people and absolutely and it's so good and it feels and it feels a lot more genuine to me because it's like oh like these are like these are just people being people and they're they're just all queer and all the dynamics that come with you know like having interest in one person then going to another person and this and that like it's messy but the right kind of messy and i can't stop watching it so if you have (laughs) mtv or i think it's streaming to where like once the episode airs it comes it's online like the next day like check mtv.com maybe check hulu i'm not sure if it's on there yet or not but yeah it's great everyone's queer everyone's hot it's a lot of fun to watch sounds great yeah um, but I think that that wraps it up for this uh, first segment. Um, Want to take a quick break and then we'll talk about some uh, some news. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And we're back, and we're talking about all kinds of nerd shit that's going on in the world today so um this just came out this morning um they revealed the uh poster for the steven universe movie that's coming out later this year mm-hmm. and it looks like it's a bit of a time skip um because uh, steven's a little bit older and guess what he has a neck <laughs> <laughs> which i didn't notice until you wrote down in all caps in our notes steven has a neck yeah because he hasn't had a neck the whole time 
So um, it's cool. I didn't. You're right. I haven't thought about it, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when someone is like, hey, there's an arrow in the FedEx logo. And I'm just like, I can't not see it now. There it is. It's right there. It's right there's there. the neck. It's been there the whole time. Um, but yeah, so it's really exciting to see that. Um, I really like Steven Universe a lot. I don't talk about it on social media because Steven Universe fandom is hot garbage. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, you would think that a show that's about love and acceptance and loving people for who they are would breed a positive uh, fandom. It doesn't. <laughs> the people that like Steven, the people that like Steven Universe and all the messages of the show, that somehow was lost in translation when it comes to interacting with Steven Universe fans on the internet. Yeah, it's like all the things that the show is about and it teaches, and I guess you're just missing the whole thing. Missing the whole point of the whole show. Uh, it's funny because I so uh, is this going to be like it's in a movie like it's it's a movie length length thing that's going to be on Cartoon Network or is it like a movie like in the movie theaters movie? Oh, it's going to be on Cartoon Network. So it's probably okay, that's what I figured. That's it's probably going to be ninety minutes, um, a ninety minute like w- like uh, self contained thing, um, or hopefully some sort of continuity into what the show is going to be post the movie maybe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm really interested to see where the movie goes. Um, there's a lot of people, um, uh, that are on that movie that are, that's going to make it really amazing. Like it's being co-produced with Chance the Rapper for a lot of the music cause it is a musical. Which is awesome. Yeah. Which is really cool. So I'm really excited to see, um, what the plot's going to be about and all that good stuff. But, uh, that's exciting. And while we're on the subject of animation, Cuphead is also getting an animated series and it's coming to Netflix. Well, I want to just want to hit real quick because this is the thing that people have been talking about. Yeah. And that poster, it's not, it's not, but the like the villain in yeah. the background mm-hmm. looks like uh, Jenny from My Life as a, as a Teenage Robot. Yes, like a lot, not exactly the same, but a, a lot, a lot, definitely. And then a lot. when I was googling My Life as a Teenage Robot, I came across this image. I'm going to send this to you now oh, in chat, DJ. Oh God, um, because <laughs> it's just oh, weird. No. Oh no! Come on. I want to go to know your meme. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Why? So I'm gonna describe to you guys. Just it's not it's not that it's, bad. It's, not it's that just bad, w- but still. it's weird because I think there is. <laughs> so it's Parappa the Rapper. Wasn't expecting to see him, and he's standing on top of a speaker that's plugged into Jenny, and then the other plug that's plugged into Jenny is plugged into like a turntable, and she's she's bent over so the turntable's on her back. So it's like not lewd, but it's definitely like meant to be lewd. Yeah. In some weird way. And I just all I did was Google my life as a teenage robot image search. And so that's what came up. I'm I'm just saying those fans are obviously horny, and there's there's many a gem to be found on the internet. It, it's true. Like the world is on fire, but there are still good memes out there. But yes, Cuphead is getting an animated series coming to Netflix, which I I, I feel no ways. Like, I liked the game a lot. Yeah, I don't feel a way about it or anything like that. It's like, okay, that's cool. Like, it's... Obviously, like, they did a shit ton of, like, legitimate animation for that game. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, but otherwise, I'm just like, I... Okay. That's cool. Like, I right. hope it's good. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Because no. the game had a very simple, very, very simple storyline. So I'm just like, okay, it'll be a, a new story. And Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm down to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the news this week is mostly about animation, except for the last one. But um, the next one is something that's near and dear to my heart. 
Mm-hmm. Sailor Moon. So on the last day of Pride Month, which also happens to be Usagi's birthday, June 30th, um, they announced... <laughs> Sailor Moon said gay rights. Yeah, Sailor Moon said gay rights. Um, and there is a new, I mean, a new movie coming out. So um, we had heard for a while, like a couple, like for like a year or so now, um, basically after that uh, third season of Sailor Moon Crystal happened, we knew that there wasn't going to be another series because the way that the show kind of had been handled had not been handled great. So we knew that there was going to be another Sailor Moon something, but we just had no idea when or what it was going to be. Um, but we're going to get this new movie that's coming out in 2020. Um, the thing that's really exciting about this is that um, they have... Um, they have it's a new art it's new art direction for it, which is great. But even more so than that, it's that um Tadano, um, she is the she is the original character designer for season one and season two of the original nineties anime. So seeing her work um see Kazuo Tadano, so seeing her work um realized in twenty nineteen for reprising like her work on Sailor Moon again. Like it's really exciting. So it, it looks, looks good. It looks, it looks, it looks like really a 2019 version of what the old series. Yeah. Like you know that thing where it's like when you think about something from way back, you remember it like way better looking than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Like this is what that's exactly what this is to me. I think. Yeah. Where it's like the way this looks looks like what my memories of Sailor Moon when I was a kid are. Yeah. Yeah. Like if this. That, I mean, this really is good. what it's like when when anime started making that transition from like traditional cell hand-painted cell animation to, like, digital animation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, like, what you would kind of see the show transition to looking like then. Um, Because I like the way that Sailor Moon Crystal Season 3 looked. Yeah, Season 3 looks fine. I was like, if this is what, you know, 20... I guess the time 2017, 2018 Sailor Moon would look like, that's fine. But I like the way that this looks even more so. If you just Google Sailor Moon Eternal... um, film poster you'll you'll see it and what's cool is that it's um the the background is taken from one of the um, original um, manga illustrations of sailor moon and chibi who sit together and then this pose that the both of them are in is a pose that's right out of the manga which is Mm -hmm. really cool so seeing seeing them kind of have these direct nods to the manga in this and also kind of retaining the people that were involved with the anime in this movie, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I'm really curious to see a trailer with some animation. Um, I really want to see that, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. So more Sailor Moon content coming in 2020. I'm very excited about. Um, I still want a Sailor Moon game. Um, I don't know if that's gonna happen anytime soon. Um, especially now that Sailor Moon Chris uh, Sailor Moon uh, drops is like offline, like it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, my only, like, form of Sailor Moon entertainment, which is sad. Outside of the show, of course, in the manga, but... Um, give me a new fighting game. Give me Arc that. Systems Work, Sailor Moon fighting game. Yeah. Give me villains, God. give me Senshi. It could be an arena fighter, that's fine. It doesn't have to be Dragon Ball Fighters. It just needs to be a Sailor Moon game that I can play in 2019. No, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. I mean, and I, mean if, I mean, if it is, that would be... In a perfect world, it would be Dragon Ball Fighters, but Sailor Moon. Um, and uh, other than that... Um, we had another Pokemon announcement this week, and we got to see some new gym leaders, um, mm-hmm. and looking real good. Um, I, I'm kind of like eh on some of the new Pokemon designs, but I love the gym leaders. 
the gym leaders are all very good. The gym leader designs look fantastic. So And horny. Again, horny. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is like, hey, we're all for family. And they're like, hey, but also horny. Mm-hmm. They know it. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so it, it's looking really fun. Um, uh, it's sad to realize. Um, well, I guess it's sad, but it's also unexpected. It's not not expected that the Pokemon fandom is trash as well. Oh my god! Yeah, um, especially when they announced that the national decks, the national Pokédex meeting, like every Pokemon from Red and Blue up until this point, the national decks is not coming to um, to Sword and Shield. At least, yes, in- it's going to be a new decks, and there's going to be some people from the national decks or some Pokemon from the national decks, like also that exist in this this new region. Yeah, so like I get it from the perspective of like people that are like longtime. Pokemon fans, which I'm a longtime Pokemon fan too, but I, but like, I don't care nearly enough. Let let them sleep. Yeah, let them they would take have. To, a nap. This, this means making what 1,200 or however many Pokemon there are now. Right. So like, like it's, new models and everything. It's it's wild. Um. So we'll have to bring Nigel back on because he is like the Pokemon aficionado of uh, of our like friend group. So he can kind of speak more to the Pokemon fandom and all this buffoonery that's happening. But uh. The trainers look good. Um, I will be buying Sword and Shield this fall when it comes out. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm playing it. It looks good. Yeah. Uh, new uh, B. Yeah, B looks amazing. B looks amazing. She can kick me um, in the face. Like multiple friends were like, "Ruben, you have to cosplay Chairman Rose," and I was like, "Okay." Yeah, Chairman Rose is super cute. So that's. Great. I wish he had just. I just wish he had more. He just has like a gray suit on, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I wish he had like a little. A little something, especially like you know, if I want to like dress up as as a character, yeah. I just want a little something. Yeah, you want a little like a little more than just a suit a and a haircut. Anime pizzazz, you know. But he's very fine. Yeah, it's real good. Um, yeah, I'm, I cannot wait to see more horny uh, Pokemon trainer designs for Sword uh, and Shield. Also, there's new Pokemon. Like, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Al Alcremy, Alcreme. It's just like a little like ball of cream. <laughs> it's like a whipped cream yeah. Pokemon. That the internet's gonna have a field day with. Yeah, and then it turns into a giant piece of ca- a giant cake when it uh, Dynamaxes. Well, or, and I guess like gig- uh, Gigantamax, Gigantamax, which is the new yeah. thing, right? Some Pokemon, not just Dynamax, they Gigantamax, which makes them take on a new form completely. Yeah, when they get real big, they get real big and real horny. They get real big. So, but hey, I'm gonna show some growth and just not mention anything about that pokemon and how it looks yeah i, I mean internet will do it it's for gonna me. be all over twitter before you know it so it's gonna be all over the place get ready to be upset it's gonna get real nasty it, it, yeah already has uh, it, it, yeah, it has sure already within 24 hours if you if you google search or just like look on twitter deep enough you'll you'll find it and by deep enough we mean like not i mean enough. not deep i mean like two clicks away two clicks yeah, it's there Minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh this is on our list but uh, uh they showed uh during ax and uh, I believe, like, there's another gigantic anime convention that was happening in Paris. They showed the first ten minutes of the last of the Evangelion films. Ooh. Evangelion, th- it's, which is currently at this point titled 3.0 plus 1.0, also known as 4, um, <laughs> which is the the fourth of the rebuild films. Um, they showed the first ten minutes, and I'm like, I'm so fucking hyped for it. I'm so ready. It's going to come out next year, supposedly. And I'm just like, Good. I want to see how this thing wraps up right. because if you have not watched 3.0, shit goes off the rails. Like one and two are kind of similar to the TV show, mm-hmm. and then three just completely goes off the rails. And I love how Buck Wild it gets. Yeah. So I can't wait to see how four like wraps things up and finishes the story. Um, but that ten minutes, it's like in kind of iffy quality. You can find it online though, and it's just like it's a lot. It's wild. It's good. 
Oh, I bet. I'm uh, I'm I'm looking forward to more people being sad about Evangelion and just like not knowing what to do with themselves now that we have all this Ava content again in 2019. The discourse. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want like a really good like a really good episode by episode consideration, uh, Waypoint on their Waypoints episodes are currently watching the series and they tend to watch like seven, six to seven episodes uh each one of their podcast episodes um so if you want like really really good discussion that i think does a great job of talking about the series uh with some people that have seen it um some people who have seen it but it's been a while um i kind of wish they had someone on the show who's like a huge ever head mm-hmm. um just to have like that expert to like talk about some deeper things or bring them up right uh, or like some of the more like nuanced things um but without that like i think they do a good job of talking about the series in a really um uh, a really critical and good way that talks about the problematic aspects of it. Yeah. Um, that for me, when I watched it as a teenager, I didn't even think about, and now I'm just like, Oh, you're right. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's really good. So check that out if you want something along those lines. Yeah. And then I, I think that brings us to just, let's answer some questions from yeah. our people. Yeah, let's do it. We can answer some questions from our folks. Um, and big shout out to the discord server because you guys are just like at the ready whenever we need anything from you guys. It was immediate. I was telling DJ, we were chatting and I was like, our discord is a lot. And I love, like, I love how much y'all are just like a lot. Yeah. Y'all <laughs> it's very <laughs> good. <laughs> like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like, it's a thing where like, I'm like, I, I don't even like talk in the discord that much anymore. Cause I'm just like, I'm just enjoying reading mm-hmm. y'all and all the stuff you're saying. Yeah. Um, so great. Uh, first question, uh, first uh, question comes in from goat. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on Stranger Things 3, if you have any. Um, I won't go into spoiler territory. Okay. Have you watched any of it, DJ? Um, I haven't watched any of it. I still need to watch season two. I think it's good. I think um, it's really fun. I think Hopper's character feels like a different character to me this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dealing with him, like, obviously, after season two, he becomes the caretaker for Eleven. So he's kind of, a, he's a dad, basically. Yeah. And he's a dad of a teenage girl. Um, and uh, Eleven and Mike, or Michael... Uh, have their relationship so it's like that kind of tired trope of overbearing dad who won't let this boy touch his daughter and that fits within hopper's character but it's like it's so aggressive and hopper's so shitty and so like violent about all of it yeah that it's i just didn't feel hopper's charm like much at all this season Mm -hmm. you get a really nice emotional thing from him like at the end, like the very end of the season, but otherwise, like he just felt like a different character who I did not like this season. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, though, I think it's a really fun season. Steve Harrington is still like perfect, and I love him. And he's just a big, just dumbass energy, one hundred percent. They introduced a new character, Robin, who works with him at the ice cream <laughs> shop in the mall, yeah. and she is the best. Um, and their relationship is really cool. Um, I won't, won't spoil things, but it's just like really sweet and really nice. And the arc of it, like evolving through the season is really nice. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Season two. I literally barely remember what the fuck happened in season two. Mm. So I think this season's a big, um, uh, improvement, nice. uh, uh, despite, uh, issues that it still has with some characters, I think. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> this isn't really a question, but Professor Litwick was like, how annoyed are y'all uh, with our bullshit horny questions? Which um, I was like, give me more. And then there's just a deluge of just like, not serious, but just like lots of uh, lots of horny questions. Um, like, which Pokemon would you like to fuck? <laughs> uh, which, po- which Pokemon trainer? So that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. 
That's a lot. That, that's a lot going on here. That's a lot going on here. Yeah. I, there are some trainers I'm just like, hot, good, great. Mm-hmm. That big boy, the new plant grass trainer. Yeah. He can rip me He big. Off. Yeah, he big. And he can rip me He off. big. Though <laughs> his feet don't make sense. No, they don't. Look at his feet. Look at that art. Look at his feet. They don't make any okay, sense. Okay, they don't make sense. No. Not at all. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's just a bunch of questions about fucking. Which console controller? Easy question. Dreamcast has the VMU slot. Done. Sure, Easy. Right. Great. Yeah, I mean, yeah that, that's the correct answer. <laughs> Rumble pack? Perfect. Yeah, Done. Just put, it, just put it in there. Easy. <laughs> um, this one comes from K-Throne. That's a pretty, it's a pretty fun question. I like this. Um, if you could make an anime about some mundane job, but make it like super horny and super gay, what job would, would you hentify? Discord's so horny. It, um, it is. Oh, Everybody that's... wants to fuck in the Discord server. It's... That's a good question. Um, I'm trying a mundane job. Um, you know, this is uh, okay. This came from a weird place. Because um, <laughs> I thought about it and I realized how it's connected to me. So I was going to say like landscaping because landscaping's like really mundane, but like you're out in the hot, sweaty sun, yeah. you're constantly getting dirty, you're outside. But that's like literally what my dad did when I was young. <laughs> so oh, yikes. Just like, yikes. 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 <laughs> Uh, yikes. But I still stand that it would be a good setting, I think, of, of a mundane job that you can make horny really easy, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think this one's pretty, it's pretty obvious and easy, but, like, um, a pool cleaner, like, the pool boy. Oh, like, yes. Easy, like, easy trope, because like, that's already a trope, like, the, like, the sexy pool boy trope is already a thing, so, like, you can make a whole show, like, based off that, and, like, the person gets, like, called from, like, house to house. And every episode is like his little misadventures after cleaning the pool or if they even clean the pool at all. Yeah. Like, honestly, I want to, I would love to see like a fast, a horny fast food, a gay horny fast food <laughs> thing. Cause there's, there's so many ingredients yeah. and that's a terrible idea, but there's a deep fryer. That's dangerous. Oh yeah. The deep fryer. I think that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you have the heat lamps from <laughs> to yeah. keep things warm. <laughs> the ice cream machine, which never works. <laughs> It's always broken. It's always broken. Someone, What's wrong? What's wrong with these machines? Why? No matter where you are in America, you can never get ice cream at McDonald's. It's always broken. Because yeah, somebody put their dick in it. That's why. Um, House Child has a question, which this is a great question, actually, because we're, we're both married. DJ newly married. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, CJ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, House Child asks, fun kinks are absolutely a thing, but how does that translate to actually being married? Do you eventually just calm down or are you allowed to be horny when you're married? DJ, I'll throw to you first. Um, you can be horny. Like, just because you're married doesn't mean that you become, like, like a zombie and don't have <laughs> sexual <laughs> desires or needs. Um, I think, um, like, like in any relationship, I think it's about communication. I think it's about talking about what your needs are and being open to discussing what your needs are and discussing, like, what you want sexually in those situations. So yeah. you can still want to, you can still want and desire to do things and try different things. And I think that's what keeps it interesting um yeah but most most importantly it's it's like you're having the conversations and you're both consenting to do those things together because even when you're married like you still should be asking for consent that doesn't mean just because you're married doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you have like like full access to do whatever you want to your partner's body whenever you want to so you have to respect their their boundaries and and all that stuff so i think it's just important to just communicate and talk and uh yeah yeah, I mean the best to me the best thing for kinky and fun sex is uh, trust mm-hmm. and communication because otherwise you will absolutely run into problems. 
Um, even if you don't even, neither of you think there will be, I think if you don't communicate needs, wants, boundaries, um, it can get rough really fast. Yeah. And that's, that's no different from being married from when you're just hooking up with somebody randomly. Like it's the same. Um, also like, I think being married is different now for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of people saw it as this, uh, it used to be this like big, I don't know, moral thing or like you settle down yeah. and to me that's such a, that's such a uh, poisonous way to think about yep. it. I think people think about it as like being limiting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, your relationship, before you get married, your relationship should be what it's going to be while you're dating. Right. Like it should be like live together, whatever. Like your relationship should be what it's going to be before you, getting married should change nothing. nothing. It shouldn't change anything. It should be yeah. like you get more money back on your taxes. You have proper visitation rights in a hospital. Yeah. Like all of the, thi- but like otherwise, getting married shouldn't change anything. Yeah, and they, and it's a weird question to and like, did you did like people like surrounding you in your life when like oh like oh I heard you got married like what's married life like it's like it's the same like I look like at such like I mean I get I get where the question's coming from like I totally yes. get where that like and I think that comes from that traditional mindset of what an idea of a marriage is but yes. like I think I think I can speak for both you and you and I where it's like. It it doesn't it didn't that it didn't change anything. If anything, what it felt like to me, what it feels like to me is like this declaration of love that I want to spend the rest of my life with somebody. And yes. all of the things like I want to be there to support you when like when if like heaven forbid anything happens to you, I can come and take care of you and be there for you in the moments where, you know, you need that support and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think that's exactly what it is. And I, I think it, I'm really fortunate to be surrounded by people that are either queer or, yeah. or uh, if they're not queer, at least they're, uh, they're fairly open-minded mm-hmm. or alternative in their sexuality in some way, or don't ascribe to like uh, sort of what we what we think of as like uh, uh, traditional marriage um uh ideas of traditional marriage so yeah i've i've only really dealt with that from like people that are very ingrained in a a a sort of cishet (laughs) um definition of Mm -hmm. what getting married is because it's i don't know people especially if you ever work in an office especially i don't know if this happens with women as much but with guys everyone's just always complaining about their wives or like, oh yeah, I gotta do this thing because the wife, or this or that because the wife. And I'm just like, why did you get married? Yeah, like, yeah like, if, why if are you with this bird? Like, why did you get married? Like, weren't you doing these things before? Like, you guys got married. And I yeah. think that comes from a lot of really toxic um, ideas about gender roles, mm-hmm. and and people getting married thinking that like, well, this you just you get married to a person because you think they're hot and you don't hate being around them. Or it's just like all this weird stuff that people get married for that I think are super the wrong reasons. Right. And it's just like, no, like if this person's your best friend and you want to get married to them or you're romantically, you're romantically into them, yeah. that makes sense. If they're not your best friend, you shouldn't be married to them. Yeah. And if you got married when you guys were best friends and that's changed over time, you either need to go to like counseling and figure it out mm-hmm. or you need to not be married and stop making each other miserable. Right. Um, and like, cause you're not going to have good fucked up sex if you're miserable with yeah, each other. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's like, and like, and everybody that asks that question, like what's married life? Like, it's like, I mean, it, co- it all comes from like a really positive place. Like, it's not like, like, so it's kind of like, it's, 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 it's interesting being a queer person and kind of like doing things that normal, like cishet people would do and mm-hmm. kind of like how. Well, there are definite similarities, but like how we view relationships a little bit differently. Well, some of us do view relationships differently. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's all about asking, asking, having open communication, con- talking about consent, all of that stuff. Like, that's what it boils down to. Um, K-Throne, they real horny today. Would the monsters from Stranger Things give good ass? I don't want to go anywhere <laughs> near those things. Like, uh, I just, because I've only seen season one, so I don't want my... Oh, yeah, I wasn't I, even thinking, yeah, Jesus I Christ. I just had, like... I just had like a I like 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 curled up in my chair. Um, <laughs> yes, the season one. No, the Demogorgon. No, Demogorgon. Terrible. Uh, the Demogorgon. The de- Demi Dogs. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Mind Flayer. Mm, maybe Mind Flayer is real gooey. It's just a lot of goo, but it has a lot of. T- they all have so many teeth, and a little bit of teeth is fine, but they all have so many teeth. <laughs> so probably not. Probably not. Uh, Goat asks, what show are you enjoying right now that needs to be gayer? All of them. Oh, yeah, all of it. But, like, legit, like, Killing Eve, though, I do, like, I do want... That show's pretty gay, but, like, whenever you have those characters, even though it wouldn't make any sense because of things that happen in the show mm-hmm. and these characters hate each other, like, when a show gets so close, I'm just like, uh, Good Omens. I've been watching Good Omens. Good mm-hmm. Omens is really gay. Mm-hmm. It would be... I would love, though, if it was, like, canonically gay, though. Yeah. Which the actors legitimately talked about they played it as if they were for uh as uh crowley and uh aziraphale mm-hmm. i think's the name um but it's not canonically gay in the show and i'm just like just let it be gay yeah. it's already so gay just let it be actually gay yeah i think what i want of everything is just to like not beat around the bush when it comes to that stuff like like don't do this thing where it's like oh after the show is aired and it's done it's like oh by the way so and so is actually gay like put it in the body of work like let it be when it calls for it of course like put it in the body of work like let or it... just say it's gay like years later yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do the old do the old uh harry potter yeah. version of it dude just taking a long sip just like let's not even talk about jk <laughs> let's not even get into the jk yeah, I, mean, I mean i love me some harry potter but yeah, that's that's a conversation for another day um, Good and that would be a conversation that I would want to have with Brandon because he is like a Harry Potter like that's that is his shit like how like I can't shut the fuck up like about Sailor Moon like if you like let him go on Harry Potter he will he will go in he will go uh, let's see yeah. what else we got here uh, Prince Zexu asks now that pride is over what is your favorite pride memory and what is your favorite moment interacting with LGBTQ plus people in games um, now that Pride Month is over, um, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I feel, I have a couple of feelings about Pride Month. Like, I love, I love it. Like, I love it. Um, I don't like how corporate it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I... This year was really bad. Yeah, because, because, like, whenever I see, like, all these companies and brands that are like, oh, like, like you know, buy our stuff with pride. But it's like, but do you guys have protections for, uh, for, for, for trans people and for mm-hmm. other people in your, uh, in your, um, you know, uh, benefits packages, all that stuff? Do you guys cover, um, like, like stuff for, uh, for people that are trying to transition? Like, what, what options do you support for same-sex, same-sex couples? All that stuff. So things that you want to think about is what I, you can, what I think about. You can't just slap a rainbow on something. Yeah. Like, your company needs... It's like, it's like you can't... Like, if Chick-fil-A slapped a fucking rainbow on a sandwich, like, you know, and obviously I'm saying Chick-fil-A because, like, it's we all know how obvious it is yeah. how anti-queer they are as a company and very, like, 
are pretty open about it. Yep. But so many of these other companies, it's not as uh, they're not as vocal about it, but they do so many things that are as bad, if not worse, yeah. um, in in not supporting or or actively giving money to lobbyists uh, uh, and politicians to keep uh, queer uh, to keep queer rights down. Yeah, and this is this is my petty thing about about like corporate companies and pride. Like, let's let's do more than just put a fucking rainbow on something. Yeah, like let's actually like hire queer designers to design some really cool shit. Like, it doesn't have to be covered in rainbows, which I don't have a problem with the rainbow, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. it would be cool, like, to like, oh, like, if it's, let's, well, let's use Target, for an example. Like, Target has their pride collection. And and, that's part of, and part of their pride collection is that they put front and center that the, the designer of this collection is a queer person. Mm-hmm. Let's highlight this queer designer. Let's have them, let's have these clothes worn by queer models. This is not all, it's like, let's, let's, Let's get into it in all aspects of the business, if possible, when you're doing these huge campaigns. Um, I will say for, like, like I feel I feel less shitty about it from, like, a company like Apple, per se, because at least we know that, like, Tim Cook is is out, like, is out, and he, and he runs that company. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still, like, I say what you will about any kind of, like, tech company or whatever, because, like, tech companies are mostly trash. But um, it's, like... It's like, well, at least this person is openly out and is in the forefront and is marching in those parades with with the community. So I feel like at least certain certain companies are putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I would and I feel less bad about giving money to things that at least like at least I know the person that's in charge of this company or is like a huge part of this company is a is an out and proud queer person. But um, but yeah, like. Um, especially with all the shit that's been going on with YouTube, like seeing YouTube have all these fucking like rainbow shits all over their site all month. It's like, girl, just just take Get it the down. fuck out of here, just, YouTube. Just take it down. Like, we know we've seen you. We, yeah. Like, don't just, don't just even, take it down, girl. It's not that serious. Just don't act. Um, but let's shift this to a positive a positive thing, which is the other part of Nigel's question, um, which was, um, what's your favorite moment interacting with other LGBTQ people, um, in games, um. I miss it very much. Like I thought it was going to be a happy thing, um, but like I miss it so much. I miss Gamer X as an experience for mm-hmm. a convention that's focused around queer people that love games. Um, it was amazing being a part of a of like this of like a safe space for for queer folk that enjoy games and all that stuff to kind of be together and to be and can feel safe and be free and be themselves fully. Um, being able to enjoy those spaces with Prince Exu himself, um, being able to like go to these events and surround yourself with people that you really love and care about that all have this shared love for video games is always amazing and is always a good time. Um, FlameCon was a great, even though it's not like a it's a comics convention, but that intersection of comics and games is very apparent there. Um, Mm -hmm. Like all those things kind of go hand in hand at this point. So like being in spaces like that is always amazing and seeing people just being out and happy and free and as queer as they want to be, where maybe in their, in their normal day-to-day lives, they don't have the opportunity to do that and be out and be proud and be 100% themselves is always a fun, a fun thing to be, a part of and always a fun thing to uh to uh to see 
Yeah, FlameCon felt really good as a, like just a place to be mm-hmm. and being like, I know I'm probably not going to deal with any like obviously just because you're queer doesn't mean you're a good person. Right. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. But like, yeah, there, are, there, are, there are plenty of shitty queer people. It it probably helps, but um, but it felt like a place where I was like, I know for the most part, I feel very very safe here. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with any like bigotry towards queerness, right. um, and that's great. Uh, for me, like I don't do pride. Yeah. Um, it's just like a part of the culture, and I've talked about that before. I've talked about this before on the show, but it's just a part of the culture that I've. I've never just had I've never had fantastic experiences with yeah. um, part of being bisexual and being in a heterosexual relationship or at least a, not a heterosexual relationship, but a, a het appearing yeah. relationship yeah. means that um, you're kind of put on the even though you're just as queer as everyone else, you're sort of put on the outside immediately. Mm-hmm. And even people that don't mean badly about it, you just get othered in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and that can make pride hard. Um uh, I also just don't like lots of large crowds drinking is something that like makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. The social anxiety kicks in. Um, and so I tend not to engage in pride stuff. Like when I've engaged with the gay community uh, at large, I've had some really, really excellent, really amazing um, experiences. Like I, I, uh, I've worked with, um, uh, I work with frequently uh, an all gay uh, improv troupe and they do shows that are all queer and have a drag queen host and they're amazing. And the audience is usually very queer, if not all queer. Um, and those things are really nice. Um, but yeah, pride for me is sort of like a source of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I don't do that. Uh, but as far as like a queer gaming experience, um, honestly playing uh, Overwatch with like a bunch of queers, mm-hmm. which is usually DJ uh, <laughs> and all DJ's friends, that's like my favorite because like even even when people are like serious about the game and we're trying to be really good and trying to play really well, everyone's just wilding the entire time. Like yeah. everyone's just having such a good time and being ridiculous and so fun and no one's taking it like for the most part, no one's taking it too seriously, even when we're like trying to like actually win. Yeah, we're like get on the point, um, but yes, bitch. Like it's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like everything is so playful and nice. And that is just a thing where it's like you don't have as much with, in my experience, with like straight dudes. Right. Like they get real fucking sweaty about it and then it's not very fun to me. Right. Um, and it doesn't help me be a better player. So like, chill out. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, that's like probably my, one of my favorite, like queer gaming moments. And I'm looking forward to like, we're like, we're both going to FlameCon mm-hmm. in, in August. I'm looking forward to like that again. Oh yeah. It's gonna uh, be cause that vibe is so nice and, and hopefully getting to do maybe a little bit more at FlameCon uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great. Uh, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, the, our podcast questions, part of our discord to see for the most part, it just evolves into everyone being like, why why are people like why are we like why are we like this yeah (laughs) why are we like this uh barb they say why do you allow us to ask things dj and ruben you know some of us are agents of chaos which is true but we like it uh here bunny bunny asks at anime expo uh any anime expo announcements you're excited for also when will anime expo stop being a damn disaster i don't know i would love to go to ax but i i I, and this is like real bougie i don't think i want to go to ax as just like a person going to AX. Yeah. Because I don't want to fucking deal with that experience at all. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um every time I try to think about going to Anime Expo, um, I see all of these shitty policies from An- Anime Expo and I see all of just like the mess that it that it is trying to get into Anime Expo and it makes me not wanna go, but I still wanna go. Like I still wanna do like Artist Alley at Anime Expo at least once. I don't know how feasible that is given the how hard it is to get into Artist Alley for AX, but mm-hmm. um 
Yep. And I don't know if they still have their artist alley in the fucking parking or like garage or whatever. Like I, I think it's still horrible. Um, in the middle of summer in LA, like I don't know what yeah. the fuck. Um, so yes, that part of it. Mm. Uh, but as far as announcements, though, um, I'm really excited for all of the um, uh, Otomo related stuff. Yeah. Like, um, I'm excited for whatever this new Akira project is going to be. Yeah. I'm excited that we're getting a new 4K release of Akira. Yeah. Like, all, everything Akira related. I'm excited that we're getting a collected works yeah. book of all of his work. Um, I'm, I'm honestly really, really excited. Uh, Trigger showed a key art for a new anime they're working on that's, like, furry 100%. Mm-hmm. Everyone's animals. And I was, like, very, very excited for that. Um, so, but I just, I just, even when they're, like... Trigger is problematic for sure, oh, yeah. but I fucking love that studio oh, yeah. and all the stuff they do for the most part. So um, I'm excited for whatever that show is going to be. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Um, but I think that actually puts us at the end of our show. Um, the rest of them are all just like thirsty. <laughs> yeah, there's some more like legit questions. We'll get to them another time. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the, but y'all just want to fuck. <laughs> That's just what it boils down to. Um, but thank you all so much for dealing with our bullshit and listening to yet another ridiculous episode of Magical Boys. Um, you can find us online at magicalboyspodcast.com uh, and our Twitter account is the Magical Boys. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at oh hey DJ. That's O H H E Y D J. And where can they find you? You can get me uh, at Rubots, R-O-O-B-O-T-S, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm streaming on occasion on Twitch now, and my Twitch stream is the same, twitch.tv slash Rubots, R-O-O-B-O-T-S. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are probably the most likely nights to see me on streaming, usually like either after work time or later in the evening after dinner. Um, and I'm just going to be playing through Link to the Past, except for like other days where I might pop into Mario Maker to like let people yell at me um, uh, about Mario Maker. <laughs> also, come in and follow me because I'm trying to hit 50 followers do it, do it, this do it. week so I can hit that affiliate get that, status. Get that Twitch affiliates and get them subs. Affiliate. So get Give me that. Them subs. Mm-hmm. We'll get you there. We'll make it happen. Um, Well, we love you all very, very much. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.